Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis.org, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond. Hi, I'm Shigar Glani, and today on Raise the Line, I'm happy to be joined by Paul Friedman, who's the president of the Learning Marketplace at Guild Education, which partners with major companies and nonprofit universities to help frontline workers gain education through employer tuition benefits. The company Paul founded and led, Entangle Group, was recently acquired by Guild, and we'll be asking him about the workforce education landscape in the wake of COVID, among other things. Before I get started, I wanted to give a quick shout out to uh, investors that Osmosis and Guild share, uh, Felicis Ventures, uh, Aiden Sencut, and Wesley Chen, as well as the many good folks at Guild and Entangled who we've uh, overlapped with over the years, including um, Jeff Watson, Michael Horn, and Rachel Carlson. So Paul, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us today. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So the first question is just telling us a bit more about your background beyond uh, Entangled and Guild. How did you get into the ed tech space? Yeah, so so I've been in the education space since you know I was born, maybe before I was born. My my, my parents were uh, both worked in higher education. My father was a physics professor. My mother uh, worked in, in administration in college campuses, and I kind of grew up in an education environment. And it, during that experience, I developed a great passion for what I think education is about at the end of the day, which is just changing somebody's expectations of what they can accomplish. You know, as soon as somebody gets an education past what they expected themselves or what society expected of them, it opens up a whole new world of, of possibilities. And so professionally, I've been, um, you know, I've always done things um, starting at, with the company I started out of college that lowered costs, increased efficacy, or expanded the access to, to, to high quality education. Totally. And so Guild is obviously a great landing spot for that. So can you tell us a bit more about kind of how that transition from Entangled to Guild took place? Like why did it make sense and how has it been the adjustment? Well, it, it started out as a crazy idea. I mean, Rachel and I have been friends since before Guild. Uh, Entangled uh, Group, which was an education studio that invested and started companies in the education space, was one of Guild's first investors, maybe Guild's first outside investor. And so, and as a result, had been an advisor and very close to the business and, and really admired um, what the team and Rachel had accomplished, you know, during sort of five phenomenal years of, of really impressive growth and impressive impact. We started a conversation that was just more about how we could be working together more closely. You know, we had been advisors to each other's businesses, but there had been only lightweight partnership between Entangled and Guild. And it was a good time for us to just see if there's ways that we could be working together. In the course of that conversation, there's just a lot of ways that we could be working together is what we found out. And any kind of structure, you know, investment, joint venture, it all started to get so complicated that at some point somebody had like what maybe the simple idea is that we're just one company and that uh, Guild acquires uh, entangled, and that's ultimately what we ended up doing. Uh, we didn't necessarily plan to do it during a shelter-in-place pandemic from you know the comfort of our home offices, but that part happened as well. When I saw the news, it was pretty exciting, and uh, I can't wait to see what you all release. I've come to know Guild. Basically, they've coined the term, the category of education as a benefit. And uh, can you talk to our users uh, and our learners a bit more about what that means? And then we'll get into COVID and you know what it means in the context of massive unemployment. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it starts from a you know a mission-driven belief. Guild believes that education is the best pathway to economic mobility, uh, and the way they've been able to affect that at massive scale is to work with employers to provide largely a debt-free education for their employees. Uh, and I think one of the most important things that Guild's built bring brought to the market is clear demonstration that it's in the employer's financial interest to provide this uh, education benefit. That it increases the 
motivation of employees who take the benefit. It increases the retention of the employees. It, it has positive effects on the employer brand. It increases performance. Uh, you know, companies do what's in their financial best interest. That's just how they're structured. Prior to Guild, a lot of companies like to offer um, education reimbursements or other things but they didn't really want their employees to take it up. What Guild has, has done through education as a benefit is, is demonstrate that actually this is a benefit you want people to take um, because it actually helps your bottom line. And that has made you know, a, a world of, of difference. Now, Guild is now growing more to be more than just a, you know, education as a benefit company, more than just education for the purposes of engaging em- employees. Um, and we've you know, recently released a product called Next Chapter, which works with employers who are, you know, transitioning employees out of the company um, because of financial needs and also works with companies that are looking to hire. Uh, And so what we're trying to do is expand the mission of driving economic mobility through education to a a wider part of the value, the human capital value chain. That's fascinating. I I see next chapter, which I think, uh, would you define that as outskilling, right? Like helping people once they've left the company. Could you talk a bit more about like, why do companies do that in the first place? It seems like an extra, extra cost for a lot of the companies, right? Well, just like when Guild was able to work with companies to, to, to demonstrate that actually investing in education for your existing employees is in your financial interest. You know, we're now working with companies and being able to demonstrate that investing in the care and support of, of people who are leaving your companies is also in your financial interest. You know, there, it is part of a category called outplacement. Uh, and outplacement had been is sort of a dinosaur industry. It's a you know, generally poor technology, not uh, really highly regarded by the people who are offered it. It's been in place mostly to help employers not get sued by employees that they're letting go. And what we've been working with employers on is, is saying, look, there's a really ethical way to do outplacement. Yes, when times get tough, businesses have to right-size their staff. That's just a fact. It's an unfortunate fact, but it's a reality. But if you're going to do it, we think that there's a right way to do it. And the right way to do it is to provide as much support as you can for your employees to either find lateral positions or even better to provide, you know, a educational benefit so that people can provide more economically resilient jobs in the future. If you do that, it will help the motivation of the people that stay behind. Um, It will help your brand and your ability to attract talent in the future and also help your consumer brand. Because one of the most important things that consumers care about is how well big companies treat their employees. So we believe, and we think that we were demonstrating that it's worth a little bit of investment, even in tough times uh, to do better for the folks that you unfortunately have to let go. So speaking of letting people go, I mean, obviously, we've had the worst unemployment rate since the Great Depression. And, you know, every month brings new challenges. I'm curious, what has the impact of COVID been on uh, on Guild specifically? Obviously, every business has been affected by COVID in a different way. It's really, you know, you mentioned this the worst recession since the Great Depression. That's one of the things that's happening right now. The other thing that's happening is there's a pandemic. Um, and then the, the, another thing that's happening is that we are in the midst of a transition to a knowledge economy and the effect of automation on our, on our workforce. All three of those things are happening at the same time, and they're having very different impacts. One of the things that's been, you know, very interesting is that you know, yes, there is the greatest unemployment since the, the, the Great Depression, but businesses are also still hiring um, in certain areas and really ramping up hiring in, in certain certain areas. And that kind of two-sided problem is something that we expect to see continue, you know, after there's a vaccine or a cure for COVID, because we believe that's being driven by the longer term systemic changes of a knowledge economy, where you have certain positions which get automated. Uh, away. And then at the same time, you have new positions that are created by technology that are really valuable for an organization. And so another driving factor for our belief that in companies need to be looking at how they're investing in the education of their employees is because the, the needs of a knowledge economy 
require a lot of changes in the capabilities of your employee base and the needs for people to be quickly trained in new technologies to be able to cycle down areas of the business where they aren't in need anymore, but, but hopefully provide pathways for education and employment for people who ultimately otherwise would be just out of a job. You know, there's not one effect uh, to, in answer to your question that sort of the recession or COVID has had. It's been a lot of different effects in, in sort of different directions. Like, What are some specific examples, I guess, of, of where you're seeing the most demand for jobs, as well as maybe where the jobs are being lost? Well, certainly the companies that have been the most impacted have been hospitality and, and you know, travel, um, you know, obviously given shelter in place and, and some of the impacts there that those companies in those industries were exposed to those industries are really having a, a tough time in the, the jobs that are still kind of ramping up. There has been very little change as it relates to like technical or IT positions. There's a, going to be a near and long-term demand as it relates to increases in, in anything in healthcare related. And then, you know, there's right now when it, anything in like the, uh, logistics or supply chain, um, just given that now people's consumer behavior is moving from you know, going to stores to ordering online. You know, if you were uh, trained to, to fix a diesel engine, you'd be in hot demand right now. That's really interesting. Yeah, I actually didn't think about that um, that particular example. You know, obviously, osmosis is in healthcare education. That's that's where our bread and butter is. And we recently had Dara Warren of Penn Foster, the chief customer officer, who I know Penn Foster is a great collaborator of yours. Can you talk a bit more about the healthcare specific demands you all are seeing and how, how Guild would even say take a, a customer service representative at Taco Bell or Walmart and turn them into a health professional? What does that look like? You know, it's, it's funny because within these silos, we think that the worlds are very, very different, but good customer service is called bedside manner in the healthcare industry, right? But competencies and capabilities and what people do in different professions tend to be more similar than different, right? Now, of course, somebody coming from you know, who is providing excellent customer service in a hospitality environment, they will know certain aspects of what it might be like to be a CNA or, you know, a medical professional. Um, there'll be a lot that they don't know, right? And they, they will have to be trained on a lot of aspects of the job, but they're coming to the table with a lot of professional skills, a lot of customer service skills, things that will probably make them better uh, performant in that job than somebody who is, you know, just coming without any professional environment. So they, the job is to figure out people who, are interested in in that profession, who would are motivated to work in that profession, and then providing them the education that they don't have in order for them to be successful. But it's pretty clear that you know in the near and in the long term, there's going to be a, a tremendous amount of demand for healthcare professionals, sort of up and down the, the stack, you know, from phlebotomist to you know to, to brain surgeon, uh, and that's you know COVID is having interesting effects on the on the market right now, you know, given the need for emergency care, but the decrease in, in elective care. But, you know, after COVID uh, is passed, we know we have a demographic challenge in aging population. We also are probably going to be faced with people who are alive, but still face uh, healthcare consequences because of COVID. And that's just going to, you know, push increased demand in, in the industry, you know, really up, up and down the value chain. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And all those things kind of came up in the conversation with Dara. You know, can you talk a bit more about the the scale of Guild? Like how many people are in the company? How many employers you work with? Wherever you can share, you know, how many students have you reached at this point? So we just crossed 700 employees. We have 3 million uh, employees under benefit. So it's 3 million employees that, you know, through their employer partners that we're working with that have a benefit, uh, in some cases, uh, fully debt-free education. We typically um, work with Fortune 500 companies and, you know, Fortune 1 companies. It's driven by large employers, uh, but it's a substantial number of employees. Um, I think there's 3.5 million teachers in the United States. Um, so we are 
um, now serving a population that's almost as much as the entire population of teachers in the United States. And, you know, given Guild's growth, we'll be serving a, a larger population than sort of all the teachers in, in, in the near future. Yeah, that's pretty incredible scale. Do you guys uh, work with any health institutions? I'm curious, like, are they mostly the employers you work with to get people into the door? Or are there any like health systems or medical device companies that are providing Guild as a benefit to their employees? A couple of big companies have, you know, very complex uh, divisions and have health, you know, healthcare operations. It's definitely a growing vertical for us and one of the areas that we expect to see the best growth uh, because of the dynamics we talked about before. You know, it's, it's, getting to, to be a situation where there just aren't enough trained professionals in, in healthcare to just hire. And so big scaled organizations that either already have and want to expand or want to build up a consumer, you know, healthcare vertical kind of need to figure out training pathways, right? They just, there aren't enough people out there in the market to hire. So you have to look internally and thinking about training and really start to think about you know, what we call sort of upskilling, which is the, um, you know, taking people from more entry-level positions and then providing them education to provide, you know, internal mobility to more advanced roles. You, you mentioned education marketplaces. So your formal title is president of the learning marketplace at Guild. Could you talk a bit more about like, what is the learning marketplace? Yeah, I've only done the job for a couple months. So, you know, I'm not sure I'm the expert yet, but the way Guild works is that we partner with employers and then we partner, as you, as you mentioned, with a curated set of largely nonprofit higher education institutions, you know, really high quality institutions that are, we believe the best at serving the working adult learners. That curated set of, of educational institutions is what we call the learning marketplace. Um, and so our, the job of the learning marketplace is to partner uh, with the universities and learning providers that we think have the best uh, content, the best programs, the best uh, service around, you know, our, our learner population, which is, which is working adult learners. You know, as we um, are growing our employer base and the headcount of our, the employees that we serve, we will also, you know, systematically grow the learning marketplace um, to make sure that, you know, as we have more diverse students that we're serving, that we have the right programs for them. Got it. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, there's an infinite number. I mean, it's very different training somebody to go into digital engine repair as it is to train somebody to be a certified nurse assistant. So there's quite a quite a diversity of fields you can include in that marketplace. Right. And as you start to talk about millions of learners that you're serving, the kind of niche fields start to be scaled, right? Like things that are you know very particular fields end up being there being a meaningful number of, of students are interested in that. And what we want to do is make sure that we have a curated set of the right choices and really high quality providers, regardless of what um, our learner would want to go into for their for their life and their career. You mentioned kind of the the population, the target market you're serving are working adults, right? Um, how many working adults are there in the U.S. who who you think you'd eventually want to cover? You reach three million now, but what is that total market? And then, what are some of the things that make that group different than, say, someone who just enters college right out of high school? Yeah, um, we think our our population is eighty eight million underemployed or uh, unemployed um, Americans. Uh, so we got a lot of work to do uh, in terms of you know meeting the the scope of our mission. What's different about working adult learners is the, the fact that they are leading, you know, extremely complicated lives, right? They have jobs, sometimes more than one job, uh, often independents, either uh, children or, or taking care of their, of their parents, and they have to fit their education ambitions into the rest of their lives. Historically, universities weren't set up for that, right? Universities were this um, cloistered four-year kind of luxury experience. They were sort of set up as an affluent product for people who didn't have the complexity of life of a working adult learner. Now, a lot of institutions have adopted, you know, really adopted customer service models, 
led to online delivery, done, done a lot of things that make the environment better for working adult learners, but the market in general still has a lot of a ways to go. Uh, and that's why you know, our model in the learning marketplace is to focus on a curated set of academic partners that are really doing the best for working adult learners that have really you know, set up the right type of programs, have the right service model, um, generally have a lower price point um, so that they're more affordable. Uh, because the needs, you know, the needs are different. Now, the reality is the working adult learner is the learner of the future, right? The de demographics around high school age children is declining in, uh, in the United States, whereas the working adult learning population is, is increasing. Uh, and so institutions that get good at serving working adult learners, you know, hopefully in partnership with Guild, are actually preparing themselves to be the institutions of the future because that's the, the learner demographic that's growing. Totally. And I've seen, again, in some of the wonderful partners you all have, not just Penn Foster, but like Southern New Hampshire University, which I think pioneered the $10,000 bachelor's degree. So keeping things quite affordable and customer centric or learner centric. I know we're coming up in time. So the last question I have is, uh, you know, we tend to have a, a really uh, broad audience of current and future healthcare professionals. Do you have any advice to anyone listening who could potentially be using Guild or getting education through the Guild benefit of what they should be considering as they think about this next stage in their career, uh, maybe a career in healthcare or, or something else? What are your advice for them? If you don't have an education yet, a great way to get one is to go find an employer who provides very generous educational benefits, either with Guild or elsewhere, and work for them while they pay for your education. So it, you know, if you want a debt-free education, go get a job to, to, to go to college. Um, and there's, you know, there's plenty of institutions, you know, Walmart, Chipotle, uh, Lowe's, uh, and you know, other guild partners um, who, who would be happy to have you work there while you're learning a healthcare field. Uh, second thing is, you know, for those who have ambitions to work in health, healthcare, do it. It's an incredibly important job. Um, it's one that our society is gonna need more of. And it's one that where you have an opportunity to make an impact, you know, obviously in people's lives and one that you also have an opportunity to, provide economic stability for yourselves, your family, and your community. So uh, if you're thinking about doing it, if you're doing it, keep it up because the work is, is heroic. Well, those, that's some great kind of closing advice. So Paul, thank you for taking uh, all this time to be with us today. Thank you very much for having me. With that, I'm Shivrilani. Thanks for checking out today's show. And remember to do your part to flatten the curve and raise the line. We're all in this together. Take care. For more information on how you can help raise the line and flatten the curve, go to osmosis.org slash COVID-19. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our podcasts at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast. <laughs>